Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Forever. She's got one wish, to stay alive. This week on the podcast, Francesca Jeffries, Sweet 16. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast about YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we are discussing Sweet 16 by Francesca Jeffries. Is this our first Jeffries? Never heard of this woman in my damn life. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that we could find information about these authors, but it seems like they're, it, it's like they're not terribly written about. No, no. And I feel like they're often ghostwriter names or like yeah, nom de plumes. That's another problem. I feel like a lot. So we, this round of books that we're covering, because like we schedule the books in chunks, um, has a lot of authors that I've never heard of. Um, and that's because I was making sure that they were on open library. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But they are all point horror. They are all point horror. Like and we got a review and I, this was when I read the other review too. I, it's like the first time I've read a, our iTunes reviews in like nine months and then I haven't done it since and I, it's probably going to be a long time again. Mm -hmm. But there was a review that's like, uh, if you hate the books, then maybe quit choosing them from open library. And I was like, don't we like always hate the books? And they're all point horror. So like, I don't know what you want from us. Oh my God. They were mad at us for that. Listen, apparently. Well, also, I think they're a regular listener, so they may hear this. But uh, so to set the record straight, they are all point horror. A good number of them are by authors that we've covered before. Just because they're available on Open Library doesn't mean that they're lesser because R.L. Stein is also on Open Library. Like oh, most and books are like, on there. Isn't part of the fun of this podcast is that the books suck? Yeah. So I don't know. This is what you're getting. Mm, I don't know what show. you thought you signed up for, but this is the show. Also, I'm going to say some, and this is kind of going off of what I was saying about um, that we're getting a lot of authors that we've never heard of. A lot of these authors are women. Mm -hmm. so and we, we haven't heard of like them before. you don't like that, it says something about you, not us. Wow. Wow, uh, you, you don't want here. us to find women to read. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um. So we but are anyway, covering so the like there's point horror. They're the books that we read. Yeah. Yeah. That they are the thing that we cover mm -hmm. on this show. So it is what it is. Um, we are covering Sweet Sixteen by Francesca Jeffries because today is my birthday. 
Happy birthday. I'm 21. I can't wait to try alcohol for the first time. It's delish. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. And I'm not going to have any specific alcohol that I literally vomit if I think about. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely won't be signing up for a lifetime of hating tequila. (laughs) Listen, it's sweet 16. You're not much older than... No. Then our main girl. So honestly, the entire book, I was like, I get it. (laughs) I remember Uh, this well. As someone who was 16 in your five five years years ago. ago. Wow. What a so close to Mm, now. Flashback. Yeah. You, in fact, Kelly is 21 and I am 38. (laughs) (laughs) How did we meet? In an interesting chat room. (laughs) (laughs) In an interesting chat room. Um, in a chat room that is technically illegal, but we it's haven't done anything illegal. So. May December co-host. <laughs> what did you say? Friendships. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is the dorkiest fucking chat room. <laughs> well, you're one to talk. <laughs> That's where I, mean, I met you. You were there too. I know. I guess it takes two to tango. Yeah. Takes two to tango. Takes um, two to be sad. <laughs> so let me read the back of the book really quick. Mm-hmm. Leslie can't wait to turn 16. She's planning a huge birthday party. Everyone's invited. Her gorgeous boyfriend, Rick. Her best friend, Deborah. Her cousin, Trish. It's going to be the biggest bash ever. But out of the blue, weird things start happening. Scary things. She nearly gets knocked down by a runaway car. People start getting hurt. It seems like someone doesn't want Leslie to make it to Sweet 16. But a few little accidents won't scare Leslie. She's going to have her party, even if it kills her. It's funny. The one I am looking at is ever so slightly different, and which begs the question, why? Yeah, why change it? Yeah, because mine says Sweet 16 and never been killed which is what yours said on the front of the book. Whereas the front of the book on this one says, she's got one wish to stay alive. Um, Seems like just lazy rebranding. Or is that what you said? I think I got confused. No, one wish to stay alive was your book cover. Mm-hmm. And then my book cover said sweet 16 and never been dot, dot, dot killed. Yeah. So but that said the, on the we back. both read this on open library though, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. no, it's just because I just Googled. <gasps> So the cover that I had was the one that you had as well. Right. I see. Well, it's not really worth rereading mine. (laughs) It's truly like tweaks. Like you said, like here it says still a few little accidents aren't about to scare Leslie. Whereas like yours was like. Didn't say still and didn't have a comma. So why would you rewrite oh, yeah, but it? But a few little it's... accidents won't scare Leslie. Yeah. You know so what it why is? why be that different? It's someone who's trying to prove that they are needed in their job. Perhaps. Where they're like, I need to edit this. And everyone's like, it's fine. And they're like, no, I'll edit it to make it more modern. <laughs> or maybe one is UK and one is US. Oh, sure. I still don't know why it would be different. But anyway, there's my theory. Okay, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do plot. remember this book now. Yes. I do remember it now, now that we've spoken a little about it. Um, yeah, we had to do some scheduling shifts. But so the basic story is that a girl, Leslie, 
She has a very close relationship with her grandmother. We first meet her when she is turning 13 and Granny Barrows is turning 80. Mm-hmm. They're having a party for Granny Barrows first. The date, May 8th, 1993, Saturday night. <laughs> Okay, the inclusion Part of the one. dates, like, all the time, I was, like, getting really thrown off because I thought it was, like, different years, and then it sometimes was only days. And I was yeah, like, oh. I, like, why? Why even do that? Tell us that. Like, I do under, I understand why you do it at first. Well, yeah, but especially because between the first three two chapters. Hop, but after that, it's, like, two weeks later, part 12. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So that's very strange. But so it's uh, Granny Barrows's 80th birthday party. Um, she shares a birthday mm-hmm. with They're Leslie. very close. They look almost exactly like his children. Uh, her cousin Trish comes over. Trish also has a same birthday. No, her birthday's in like two weeks. Okay, like a week or two later. <clears throat> And so Trish comes over. Trish is a bit of a snot, but it's sort of understandable because her parents are always bickering. They're always bickering. And like the grandma, like very obviously favors Leslie. Like everyone Mm -hmm. seems to be like, Leslie's like the pretty version of Trish. Like it sucks (laughs) to be Trish. And honestly, I was team Trish throughout this whole book. I just didn't understand (laughs) what was motivating her a lot of the time. Uh, but we'll get to that. Um, well, yeah, because I actually didn't. We'll talk. Yes. Um, and then they meet that same day, new girl in town, Deborah, who's what who an interesting over. red herring for her, right? Very interesting to the point where I was like, okay, but it should have just been Deborah. It's truly like what. She's acting so alarming that I'm like, we need to talk about Deborah because Deborah is like, okay, then this means Leslie has two separate problems. Yes. One of them being someone's trying to kill her, maybe. The other one being Deborah is like turning into a very weird friend who (laughs) Francesca Jeffrey seems to have a huge problem with talk shows. Here's what I'm people who enjoy them are fucking freaks. Also, I, I feel like Francesca, Francesca Jeffries would hate this podcast because she's like, why would you talk about shows? And why would you talk about? <laughs> why I'm would like, you talk oh. about media after the yeah. fact? You watch it and it's gone. And she's like, and she would not understand parasocial relationships because mm. like, she's like, wow, she really thinks of these people as her friends. And it's like, <laughs> mm, wow. She like quoted them brand. all the time as though it's real. And I was like, Francesca, they are are real they are real they're real people they're not fiction it's not like she's watching soap operas yeah and she's not talking about them as though they're friends she's talking about them like oh they had this expert on about breakups it's also isn't this an interesting fact i do like yes do i care no no but it's not that crazy no but it she also I, i think deborah's only crime is that she's like pretty annoying Mm -hmm. in that she like it kind of felt because you know francesca's trying to set up deborah as this red herring it felt like deborah at times was like jealous of the cousins trish and leslie for like being related and also for like having this birthday curse and then also for being prettier than her which is its own thing because 
there is the whole like fat shaming element of um, just Deborah as a character. As usual. As usual. It doesn't surprise us. No. Unfortunately. And she wears men's button up shirts to hide her flab. Yeah. Literally, that is what is said in the book. I identify with Deborah. Yeah. Because she she's been a comfortable third wheel to Leslie and her longtime now ex-boyfriend Steve. Yeah. And now with her new boyfriend Rick, because it's new and because Deborah is it Rick is with the popular kids and Leslie and Deborah used to like kind of make fun of them, but now Leslie's on the inside and she feels very awkward about that. So Deborah's not invited to tag along with them the same way she was with Steve. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the problem is that Steve felt like just a friend to Leslie because of that dynamic. Also, the way that Steve is set up as a red herring, right? Like he has to act alarming and like very obsessed with Leslie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't line up that like what he really wanted was to like tell Leslie like, hey, I want to date Deborah because the way he like stares at her obsessively he corners her in the hall he's like touching her fucking face he's like he's telling rick to back off yeah and it's like but she's dating rick and he's she's like i just don't like rick. the way he treats you like a little china doll honestly i did like about leslie that she didn't like how rick was treating her like a child mm-hmm. i thought that was like a interesting dynamic that we've never seen before in these books yeah and i liked that he turned it around at the end like once he got the message he was like okay well then i won't do that anymore and i'm genuinely a good guy like i never really felt like rick she wasn't making rick a problematic red herring no it's just like well i guess it could be rick because like it could be anybody and it and it's it at least with rick it's like pretty clear that he acts like that because his last girlfriend uh really liked really liked being treated like that Mm -hmm. and so he was just like used to acting like that and then and it wasn't that it was because he wanted to like make her his little china doll and kill her yeah it was just like that's the dynamic he was used to and it wasn't yeah the thing is i wasn't really feeling like his behavior was that babying however it It more felt like i'm treating you like my perfect little princess yeah, it wasn't babying. It was like a perfect princess. Yeah. So I, it wasn't ever like like he didn't think she could do things on her own. It was just like, I'll pick the restaurant and I'm going to pay and I'm going to drive and I just want you to feel pampered. And here I made this fucking picnic basket. I was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. This seems pretty great. And if you like really want to drive, just be a little more vocal yeah. about it. Like you said it, but it wasn't sort of that way of like, no, I'll pay for her. <laughs> well, also, I, I don't think she was really it's like, oh, uh, that seems like a fake, like a polite, like, no, no, let me pay. Oh, no. OK. Yeah. I feel like she could have been like, like, I got it, you know, like. Yeah. Or like n- next time for real, I want to plan the the next date. Yeah. But instead, she just kind of like thinks about it and is like upset. And we have her thoughts. And so we're like, I guess he's being baby babying. But mm-hmm. Not really. Like he he wasn't alarming to me. He was yeah. just like kind of, you know, some not taking the hint. Yeah. Which that's fine. She yeah. 
she then, you know, communicates that to him by breaking up with him. And then later he's like, all right, let's try again. And like you drive and like you plan it. And Mm -hmm. now I understand what you were trying to say to me. And I I mean, I will forgive the both of them. They're 16 and like your communication skills aren't that advanced. Like, yeah, 50 year olds communication skills are not that advanced. So like, they got on the same page. Great. And it seemed and like honestly, a good relationship. It seemed, yeah, it seemed okay because, like, it actually seemed pretty advanced to me. Because, like, after she broke up with him, he wasn't like, "You bitch, yeah, she's crazy." Like, he was like, "Oh, like he reflected and changed." Like, that's yeah. huge. You don't often see men, male characters in these books changing for the girl. Yeah, and it's not usually even just, just changing like to be a different person. Right. Changing their treatment of the girl. But yeah, so I thought that was good. I like me too. You could you could suspect Rick without being like, girl, you got to run from Rick. Yeah. Whereas the Deborah situation, because just like sometimes like like Trish and uh, and Leslie would be like really traumatized and like distressed because like a horrible thing happened to them. And and. Deborah would be like smiling and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> also, Deborah would be like, all you do is hang out with Trish. And I was like, no, she doesn't. She doesn't. They're like not friends. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you know, I was actually truly sad when she and Trish kind of started becoming more friendly because like I wanted that to happen for them. I did too. I really wanted, like, I was actually really disappointed that it was Trish because I, I was, was like, too. shit, I, I want it. I was really feeling that relationship Me once too. it got underway because it was like at the beginning of, it sort of reminded me of LJ Smith's Spellbound. I think that's the one where it's mm-hmm. like the, the two sisters and the one falls in love and the other one is like, I'm going to like fuck that guy up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I it was like she's like kind of a snotty sister and hard to get along with. But she was also felt like very defensive of mm-hmm. her sister. And so with mm-hmm. this, it was like Trish was like very defensive of Rick, Rick's ex-girlfriend, Caroline, like still trying to hang on to Rick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was like, fuck that girl. She needs to back off. She sucks. And yeah, so and I was I, like, oh, I Trish like it. wants to be friends with her. And Leslie wants that too. And so they, and then once they were friends, it felt like such a more like balanced friendship than her friendship with Deborah. It did because they also both understood, like they came from the same family and they like, I know that it all ended up being lies, but like, I don't know. I was feeling it. I was, yeah. It was written in a way that made me root for it, which isn't like a knock against it. No. Because, you know. You can, like, oh, just disappointed in the 
Like, oh, I, what a betrayal. Yeah, that kind we're of disappointed thing. Not like, in you. Yeah. How dare you? I was just like sad for Trish. Yeah, me too. Well, because and, I, and because I, I liked, I just liked her more than Deborah. Deborah was being written like a problematic best friend villain. Well, and she was weird. And so dude. I was she like, she was really weird and not in a fun way. No, and I was sort of like glad for her that it turned out Steve wanted to date her too, just like she wanted to date Steve. Yeah. Just because I was like, well, Deborah deserves her win, but. But I was also like, I don't really like Deborah. She's sort of unpleasant. She is, while I don't think it's normal to make it such a bizarre character trait to be obsessed with talk shows, it was off-putting at the same time. Yeah. It's just not for me. Yeah. It's just personally. <laughs> but it was, yeah, truly, like, I think it's a testament to, well, first, it's normal that we thought or that we bought into it because we're seeing everything through Leslie's eyes. And so she's believing that Trisha is like being friendly to her. Yeah. And it also doesn't make Leslie stupid because like the things that Trisha's doing do seem they friendly. seem normal. Yeah. Yeah. And like this, some of the stuff it was like when Trisha was like, I'm also experiencing the curse too, because like when they were 13, their grandma's like best friend was like, Hey, you're going to experience terrible things on your birthday, 16th birthday. And then like the grandma dies. And so they're like, oh my God. So they all start like experience, they both start experiencing like really scary things coming up to their birthdays. And um, uh, the things that happen to Trisha are like as bad as the things that happen to, to Leslie. So like Trisha's like going pretty hard into the bit. Very. I was very confused by the haircut thing though. I do I was not like, understand that. That seems very dangerous to jump up in the mm -hmm. middle of your haircut in order to get a bad haircut. Yeah. Like it seems like something that cut. would make more sense is like take the hairstylist aside on the down low and be like, hey, I want this like super short, severe, <laughs> asymmetrical cut. And then once you get it, you leave. And to Deborah, you're like, oh my God, what's happened? Instead of like, like, I'm going to jump up when this woman has a pair yeah. of scissors next to my face. Yeah. It's like dangerous, Trish. But I guess you're a little unhinged right now. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. It was one of her later pranks that happened yeah. to her. But it was but also like, like the scariest thing sort of that had happened up till then. Because for all that like, yes, things are happening mm -hmm. to them, it all seemed like super trivial teenage stuff like mm -hmm. her invitations to her sweet 16 disappearing or her dress being cut up is not like oh my god i'm gonna die no it's not the ominous fortune prediction that it made it seem she just keeps going oh my god someone's after us and i just kept going well it could be caroline it could be Deborah. like it just seems like really minor trivial i don't want you to have a good birthday Truly, Thanks. like, wh when she reacts to her invitations going missing as if, like, someone has left a dead cat on her doorstep, she's like, the I have to buy store-bought. I was like, is she the villain? I was like, I feel like, I feel like she's the villain. I was annoyed for all that she's like, I don't want Rick treating me like a princess. And I'm like, I respect that. Then she's like, oh, my God, my perfect little skating rink birthday. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Maybe somebody did you a favor because those invitations sound like nerdy as hell. They're sound dorky. She, she cut up little ice skate shaped 
invitations, like handmade to invite people to her ice skating rink birthday, which then would be capped off by a fancy formal dinner where everybody was like dressed in evening wear. Yes. Also, you guys are 16. Yeah. 15 and 16. I feel like those invitations could go over well, like as adults, especially like we're in quarantine right now. So if someone was like, I used my quarantine time to make these really cute invitations to like this Zoom hang, I would be like, oh, that's cute. Like, yeah, did, but high school is not the time. Like, it, like that's up dorky. until sixth grade, you can do that. And, and then, then you can't. age like 25 on, you can do that. Yes. Because it's like, oh, what a cute throwback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where you're like, because you appreciate the craft, but in high school, you're not supposed to try hard. Mm-hmm. And she's trying very hard, and I was kind of embarrassed for her. The so I guess sh- that makes me a shitty person. I mean, it's like, ew, how dare you try? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I when I imagined the the thing, the um the invitations, I was like, oh, I could see that being kind of cute, and like if somebody gave me one of those today, I would be like, oh, that's cute. But just like that in combination with her like very weird kind of old fashioned idea of what her birthday party was going to be was like, I don't know. Like just the evening wear thing. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a kid's idea of what like a teenager party would be. But then I guess as usual, it's like, these books are probably like 15 to 20 years behind the actual trends of the time. Yeah. Because in 1996, I was 14. Mm -hmm. So like, this is my time. This is your time. And I would not have done this. And I was a dork. (laughs) I am a dork. I'm not a cool person. I try. No, me neither. And then I fail constantly. You can see that on Twitter all the time. I don't think... Yeah, I am very like cottage core, like, you know, I do really dorky stuff that like handmade stuff a lot. And I don't think in high school, I, I, the thing is, you're just so obsessed with being cool and like doing home at crafts is not fucking cool when you're in high school. Mm-hmm. And so, what you should be doing constantly as a teenager yeah. is attempting to fit in, try to be cool. Don't, don't look different because otherwise you will get picked off and you mm-hmm. need these people to survive. You absolutely do. That's the lesson of this podcast, basically. <laughs> it's like How for a period of 10 years, do not be yourself because you mm-hmm. are probably shitty. I mean, that's the lesson. There are just like the really good lesson. Do you ever have? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is really weird and maybe sad Uh but sometimes because we read so many of these books and so much of them are about like popularity or like you know whatever yeah um and i often think to myself i'm like if i were to like be put into like today my 16 year old body but with the brain i have today Mm -hmm. like where like what click would i be in because like i don't think because you know when i was in high school i wanted any i wanted to be popular so fucking bad oh yeah but like now I look at like the things the popular kids did and like the insults that they would, you know, they, it was very stupid. They'd be like, you're ugly. And like that was like the <laughs> coolest insult. 
So sometimes I'm like, what would I have, what would I be like if I knew then what I know now? Like, where would I have fit in? I probably wouldn't have gotten close to anybody, but I would have, I'd be so much more comfortable in my own skin. Same. That I think I could float easily between groups. And yeah, I same. sort of, like, I, I got along, I was never bullied. I had, like, incidents of, like, strife within groups but like i was always kind of left out of it like you were not the target yeah but i was adjacent to the target like i was friends with the target and so i made it my problem as well even though i was specifically told that i was not part of it (laughs) (laughs) like by the two groups fighting the group that like was kind of instigating was like, we're not mad at you. We think you're great. And I was like, how dare you attack friends of mine and think that I'm going to be fine with it. And so, so like funny. that was happening, but I was never being directly bullied. And there just, there was not to my knowledge, and maybe it's just because I wasn't being picked on. There was not a popular group that was mean to me. Like the popular group were the, smart kids they mm. were like the asb kids the international baccalaureate kids which is like oh ib uh, yeah. if you don't know that it's it's basically ap which i think is the more common advanced program mm-hmm. in most schools but it was though kids and they were all really nice like some of the nicest people in my school were the cheerleaders just like really sweet and caring That's nobody so funny. was I just don't remember a lot of bullying from the quote unquote like popular kids who were getting like the yearbook. Um, what are those things called? Superlatives. Superlatives or homecoming queen and king. Those kinds of things were all going to like very nice, smart people. So I think the bullying was a lot more like serious and happening with people whose like lives weren't easy mm-hmm. or great um yeah i don't know my school was white trash <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know maybe it is because it was like kind of a diverse population i don't know i don't know why but so i just have never related to these books where it's like oh my god i wish i could be friends with these evil pretty girls um we didn't really have evil pretty girls because i hate to say it but like the girls that were <laughs> Really mean and popular were like pretty janked. Um, <laughs> they were. I mean, they I were just like with the white trash thing. They were just like binge drinking a lot, and so it just like you know how binge drinking can make your face kind of weird and yeah, and all that. So they were doing that, and I mean there was like a weird mix, right? Like my school had a lot of Asians in it, so there were like you know the cool Asians, and then like the dorky Asians, and then the white people. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I like in high school, I was not picked on. I was more picked on in middle school. It was very, very, very difficult. Um, But then once I got into high school, it wasn't really that. I was just kind of ignored. Like I was just a non. Yeah, unremarkable non-entity. Like I felt like people were always surprised that I could talk. (gasps) Same. I'd say something and they'd like look at me as if like, oh, like she has an opinion. And I'd just be like, huh? Um, For me, it was because I mostly didn't talk. And so I understood when they were surprised. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know. I was like, I was pretty talkative. It's just like people, I just felt like people didn't notice that I was there until then I was like, you know what? I want to try, I want to, um, I want to, uh, go out for ASB publicity, which was the person that like made the signs and the calendars and all that. And I got it. And then that's, thank you so much. And that was senior year. So like my senior year was pretty different than the rest of or was I junior year too? It was just pretty different from the rest of my high school experience because like then I started hanging out with the ASB people sometimes and and like doing more like school activities, which like to me was such a relief to do and not have to be at home. Mm-hmm. I had but, drama in eleventh and twelfth grade. Nice. So that nice. was that was my that gave me a bit of a group. Yeah, and an but identity it, to an extent. So there were like different types of popular kids. Like there were the ASB popular kids, which I was not one of those. Mm-hmm. There, like there was this one girl named Haley who was like, you know, prom queen, homecoming queen. Like she was like, you know, very, very, very popular and nice. And so like the ASB popular kids were like nice. And then the like burnout popular kids were like very mean. <laughs> so it was like really interesting. I don't know. Yeah, there were just like so I, many different groups. Yeah, I was kind of trying to ingratiate myself with the burnout popular types. Mm-hmm. They weren't mean, but like it was not my scene. Mm-hmm. And so me and a few other people like started to extricate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where the oh the, the strife originated. The rift. And mm-hmm. so it was like the the more burnout types were like, we're not mad at you. And I was like, I don't see the difference. Mm. Okay. Um, but thank you. Um, <laughs> but I will take thank it. Thank you, but no, thank you. I knocked <laughs> my chin right into my mic at that moment. Mm. Um, and, and the, I, I was mostly just like, I was well-liked, but not invited to anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had, I like forced my way into what seemed like a cool group that I could access mm-hmm. and then I just like I was like oh this isn't quite for me and then I just felt like adrift but I had a core group of friends and then drama kind of became a part of that and it was fine but so yeah I don't I as far as I know there was not like a bullying group because I wasn't being bullied yeah I mean I don't think I was ever even really in danger of being involved in any of the like really mean girl stuff because the really mean girls <laughs> i wasn't even on their radar like i was not yeah. on, and someone that they even thought of so it was like it was like i, I was never a threat to anybody because no. as far as i knew no guys were interested in me so i was never like a competitor for male attention I remember like there were, okay, there were these two guys that I had that thing with, which was like, you liked them and they liked you, but then you never did anything about it. And it was like, God forbid somebody tell the other person that you have feelings for them. Oh yeah. So I had that like, but it was never, it never materialized into anything. And then I started dating that guy who ended up being my rapist, which was this whole other thing. Um, Yeah. And that was like not great, but um, I just remember like like the popular guys. It, it was not like I was not any when they were thinking of like 
girls that they wanted to date. I was just not even, I wasn't even considered. I wasn't somebody that they were like, oh, Kelly, ugh, sick. Or, and it was like, I yeah. was not in the play for that. Yeah, I truly have no idea what anyone thought of me. No <laughs> idea, except that like everybody was generally nice to me. Apart from that, I'm, I was just like, I have no idea. Like at one point when I like I was hanging out with the like larger group of like cool druggy kids, mm -hmm. um, one of them, Robbie, who I had had like an intense crush on and was, of course, like never interested in me. Um, he said to me, like, wow, can you believe like even just a year ago we weren't friends? And I was like, yes, because I was <laughs> desperate for fucking friends because I, I wanted you to like me and be my friend. So, yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> but I think all I said was like, yeah. <laughs> but like I left all the other stuff totally unsaid. And so he's probably like, geez, that was an intense reaction. <laughs> well, like that's where my brain was at. I think, okay, yeah, here's no the only one, time that I, I had. I have no idea what anybody thought of me or like who had a crush on me. Apparently, it turned out like my prom date that I thought was platonic, he had a crush on me, but I would have appreciated it if he had said that. Yeah. So the whole time he was just like, I love her. But then he was, he was like, chill. <laughs> I guess. And I think like, I don't even know if it was just like a rumor that he liked me but like a friend of his but i was like i thought that you only asked me because this other girl turned you down i am so confused <laughs> why aren't you being nice to me tonight i only know that as far as like mean situations or like what people thought of me there was this one girl who fucking hated me i guess i mean i guess there was like a million people that didn't like me but she was the one i found <laughs> out about. everyone hated me and that's why i was annoyed. <laughs> yeah maybe so she was like, um, so one of my friends told me that she was in the other, she was in some like classroom doing some extracurricular activity. And for some reason, they were filling out questions about people in the school. I think it was maybe for ASB because she was on ASB with me. And she was reading out loud one of the questions and it says, what do you, what do you like want to give to Kelly? And she was like a mute button. And I remember finding that out and being like, and now you're my enemy. And uh, also, if you give Kelly a mute button, it means I'm she muting can you, use bitch. it. Well, that would be so funny if like in your mind she had a catty tone, but like in hers, she was like a mute button so that she can mute me because I'm so stupid. God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> I hate me. I hate me. Kelly's so cool. And it was one of those things where, no, it was not that, where yeah. <laughs> I, like, had no idea she detested me that much. That's so strange. So it, like, I was like, oh, like, it shook me. It shook me. And it was this weird thing where, like, her and this other girl and I always used to walk to class together. And then they started ditching me and I didn't oh, get it. No. Yeah, so it like it came in around that same time, and and oh, and when she said that, the other girl that used to walk with me laughed, <gasps> and my friend, my other friend, told me that, and I was like, oh, so then I just stopped trying to catch up with them, and well, that's and, bullying. Yeah, I didn't. Re I mean, it wasn't real, like not in the way, but like it's like these teenage girl, like meanness, where it just it wasn't all as of a mean sudden as you school. don't realize that your friends like don't like you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I did like inadvertently insult her a couple times. So I guess that was. <laughs> I mean, I did tell her that like her teeth were like janky as fuck and basically fangs and that her hair looked like a fucking rat's nest. No, but, it was like, just like it was one accident. Okay, no, it truly was an accident. So like one time, and I think this might have even been after I found out and I was, I didn't even know, but it was me, her, and 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 the friend who had told me about it weirdly and we were working on some project and we were talking about like clothing colors that we didn't like and i was like i don't know i just think baby blue is like really ugly no and kelly i know no and she was wearing those no. color of pants so then my friend my nice friend was like oh you mean like on shirts right and i was like no pants too <laughs> Kelly, you started it. No, this was after. Oh, okay. well, then she had it coming. Yeah, I mean, That's I like didn't realize a but... perfect revenge. And it's funny because I didn't even realize until after, like way after. And my friend was like, Kelly, I was trying to stop you from saying that. And I was like, saying what? And she's like, the thing about the baby blue thing. She was wearing baby blue pants. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh didn't well, even notice because I guess I wasn't thinking about it. Too her. bad she didn't have that fucking mute button. <laughs> I hope she's well. I don't know. Maybe you had done things like that before and she thought that like you were out to get her. Who knows she probably what did. goes on in a person's head. Because I also was like very oblivious and like didn't realize what I was that I was insulting people. So I probably insulted her at some point. And there has to be a degree. It's like that episode of 30 Rock where Tina Fey remembers like all the times popular kids were mean to her, but then you like cut back and the truth of the situation is that she had been like so cutting and terrifying all through school that like nobody wanted to talk to her because she, they considered her their bully. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was it. I'm sure, you like, know what? We all she have might an be... effect that we don't even know that we have. Yeah, she's probably telling this story about like this really mean bully that like called her pants ugly. On her Goosebumps podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> um anyway. How do we get this back? Sweet to this 16. Book? How do we get it uh, back? We were to talking book? about how uh all of a sudden she was becoming friends with the popular oh, girls right. and Caroline sucks and Trish was like kind of defending her. Yeah, and and I mean Caroline is way too aggressive. Caroline absolutely sucks. I'm definitely anti-Caroline. Like Caroline's behavior, She's a straight I was up like villain more so than Trish. Even though Trish does lock, but all she does is like lock her in a locker to try to ruin her birthday party. She's not like trying to kill her until the birthday party, I guess, <laughs> when she like goes after her with a knife, but and like sets the room on fire. But like before that. She oh my hadn't God. done much. I do. Here's what I think, actually. Do I stand Caroline? Because she's so arch. Like, she's so overly villainous. Like, so when... She when is very Cordelia. She's very Cordelia. Like, Leslie loses her invitations. <laughs> and Caroline says to her, sometimes things just disappear. Just the other week, it seems I had a boyfriend. And then, poof, he was gone. But and I'm then sure she goes, I'll find him. <laughs> But I guarantee you, I'm going to get him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. She's vicious. 
Oh, and then this is the other thing. Okay, this is, I took a picture of this because I was like, there's no way that this behavior is Steve trying to tell Leslie that he wants to date her best friend now. Because, okay. <laughs> Hit me. All right. So they're standing in the hallway together. And Steve goes, I'd miss too many things here. He bent closer, gazing at her intently. Then he reached down to touch her cheek. Turning on his heel, he left Leslie standing alone in the now empty hall. Like, you cannot tell me that he it's was too like- suspicious. It's too- it's too intense. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's it's not appropriate. He's like, I missed too many things here. Like, mm. like Deborah. By the way, I want to date Deborah. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> normal. Like, and he I like miss- grabs her arm, and he's telling Rick to back off. It's just everything mm-hmm. points to him being obsessed with Leslie. Yeah, oh, I also he had, had been dating Trish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, poor Trish. Forgot to oh, even mention that part. Yeah, he was dating Trish. Yeah. And so he wants to break up with her to date Deborah as well. I was like, why don't you just fucking ask Deborah out? Like, I he don't thought, get like, it was like less intense to ask Deborah out than Trish, her fucking cousin. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> also, okay, I have just, this is like, I feel like, Francesca Jeffries like likes to talk about things as if they're things. And as the reader, you're like, what is that? So she's <laughs> like, she's talking about how Brian, the the good boyfriend, mm-hmm. makes her or uncomfortable. Rick. Oh, I'm sorry, Rick. What? Who's Brian? No one. There is no Brian. I'm sorry. There's a Brian in this book. No, I don't think there is. It says Brian chuckled. What? Oh, maybe Who's it's Brian? a friend? Where? Okay, but Leslie didn't feel comfortable with him yet. He reminded her of the husbands in those creepy made-for-TV movies about fortunes and predictions. I was like, what? You know, that genre of made-for-TV movies about fortunes and predictions. Where in the book is this? I don't know the page. It's a very zoomed in picture. Page 47. (laughs) I forgot what Rick's name was. Wait, is it Rick or is it Brian? It's Rick. Well, then who the heck is Brian? Oh, my God. Oh, I have a date to meet Rick. Rick. Yeah, wait. Who's Brian? No one. Oh, Brian is just like a friend that they're going on a double date with. (gasps) Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like Brian and Donna. Yeah, they're like the friends that end up coming with them. Um, Very funny. I was like, (gasps) oh, my God. Did I think his name was Rick this whole episode? (laughs) Terrifying. Am I okay? <laughs> um, like what? All oh, of a sudden, your brain like betrays you. Another like ten out of ten Caroline moment is when Caroline. So Caroline like sets Leslie up to get in trouble and get yelled at by Mister Core. Um, and she goes, "Les, when you need me, when you need my support, and believe me, I'd truly love to stay here and listen to you get chewed out by Mister Core." But <laughs> she grinned brightly. I have a date to meet Rick at the library. She clamped her hand over her mouth, trying to look horrified. Oops, did I say date? I was like, Carolina. this bitch is crazy. Carolina. She's so much. You are too much. She's extra. You're so bad. I, okay, I was getting furious with Rick for not understanding that he needed to draw a hard line with Caroline. The fact that that's he not red was, herring like, behavior, driving her around and shit. It made no sense and still can like 
continuing to help her study. What was and that? He, it's not like he doesn't see how she acts to Leslie too. Like, yeah, he he, he apologizes so, for it. So why are he's you a still doormat. doing this? He's a so what? I think oh, a doormat. doormat. Yeah, I think this like the the Caroline issue is more of a red herring than him like treating her like a princess. Yeah, and it's just a red herring for being a bad boyfriend, not a red herring for like I'm gonna kill you. No, it's a red herring for like maybe this, this isn't the one for you. <laughs> it's not the one. Unfortunately. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But it turns out it's Trish. And we find that out because okay, we need to talk about Trish's um outfit that she's very oh, proud of. My goodness. I was I could like, not I can't decide if I love this or think it's the worst. I think it's really ugly, but I could see it being interesting. Well, are just the mere fact that she is having her party at a skating rink, not that, that's fine, that's normal. Like, who wouldn't want a party at a skating rink? God bless. Mm -hmm. But they're buying little skating outfits for the party. Yeah, like and full I was like, on in what dress. world yeah. do you buy like a figure skating outfit for a party? Especially if you're not that good at skating like yeah, I just, you're not training for the olympics here what's going on so they're all wearing like they all have separate like fancy outfits that they want to wear for skating and then for the like black tie event that's occurring after <laughs> the skating rink and trish like, too much has, money has to go into this party and this was another reason why i was like i get why trish is so yeah jealous because she's always overlooked by leslie and then leslie's throwing this like super fancy sweet 16 thing meanwhile what is her mom doing yeah and the dad is like out of the picture not sending child support yeah it's really sad but she does get to save up for a special outfit mm -hmm. what is it it's a white it is a white tuxedo skating outfit yeah white tuxedo the tuxedo thing was throwing me off dude i and i was picturing not. it as like a tuxedo with a little skirt yeah with like the tails like being a, longer yeah and yeah. i was like i want to be into this but i can't get a handle on what's normal okay this is okay the vibe that i was getting from this outfit it was very like welcome to the kooky circus like it was <laughs> <laughs> like i was picturing like like swimsuit bottom in the front you know yeah. what i'm saying mm -hmm. and then tails in the back mm -hmm. and like kind of like a double-breasted jacket situation yeah with like a with a bow tie with a little bow tie and everything and, is white yeah which i feel like it's something i would have designed for myself at yes. age nine yes this is something that i would have doodled in a little notebook that i called outfits and like <laughs> <laughs> i was like ice outfit. skating party outfit with like stickers all yes over it. Mm -hmm. And just like really terrible drawings of people with all their hands behind their backs because I couldn't draw hands. <laughs> yes. That's a good cheat. It is. Mm -hmm. Just have them holding something. Or I used to have them like in old and like Victorian, and but they'd have their hands in a in a muff. Oh, smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We do that a lot. That's good. Good on you. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it was, I wanted to be into it. I'll just, that was my verdict. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, it sounds crazy, and so I sort of want to support it. 
And it honestly is like a slightly villainous move to like wear something like that to somebody's birthday. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so like I the bride's here. Very risky of her to cover that in red paint. Mm-hmm. I know. So when did that happen? Because didn't they open the package together? Well, she brings it in. She's like, oh, it just got delivered earlier. Oh, okay. Let's open it together. Sneaky. 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 But like the 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 shit she's pulling on Leslie was all just to wreck her party. Whereas she ruins her own haircut and hurls mm-hmm. herself down the stairs at the mall. Oh yeah. Sprains her ankle. So Trish, who are you really hurting here? Who do you really hate? Yeah, Yourself, it's unfortunate. Maybe? Yeah, I think it's the self. Yeah. So it's it's very sad at the end when she just like has a full on freak out, uses yeah. the birthday cake to set the place on fire, when and then tries to attack her with a knife. Threw I believe the birthday cake. I was like, "You're peaking right now." It's like this is a moment. This is. A I moment. was proud of the book in this moment because I thought it was going to be a very anticlimactic ending, <laughs> and there were chapters would end with a. <gasps> moment and then it would be the case i was like oh that wasn't fake yeah that's amazing what a treat what a treat to have something actually occur with like actual stakes and events happening yeah so i was very proud of the book when she when she has like a full-on freak out at the end because at first she like locks locks leslie in the like skating rink and I also love this. So she locks Leslie in this at the skating rink, like in one of the lockers, mm-hmm. and then goes to the part, the other part, part of the party. Yep. Leslie gets out, arrives at the restaurant, and she it's arrives spinning to- a tail, huh? And Trish is spinning a tail. Trish is like, "You guys, I saw two really big, burly men push <laughs> really? her into a locker." And it's such a tragedy. And I don't know what happened to her, but she's probably dead. Didn't she say, though, that she got, like, pushed into a van? And I was like, Trish, oh. how do you see this working out for yourself? I know. Because she wasn't. All, no. all she has to say is, no, I was not pushed into a van. Because it was like, <gasps> I think she, she was could hoping be anywhere. that she would, like, die in the locker. But, like. Maybe. But that's so weird. Let me. Because. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. um. Leslie figures it out because she hears Trisha's, I kept saying Trish, but Trisha, um, Trisha's like crutches on the floor. And so she arrives at her birthday party knowing that Trisha is at the center of it. And Trisha is literally in the center telling this story. And she says, I know I should have told someone, Trisha wailed. She turned to Leslie's mother, a pleading look in her eyes. I should have told you about the prediction and and everything, but Leslie told me to keep quiet. She convinced me. She said she didn't want you to cancel her party. Trisha gulped, making her eyes big and frightened. Then I saw her being shoved into a car by two big goons. I didn't recognize them. I couldn't tell you who they were, but they took Leslie. Moaning, Trisha rocked back and forth. She could be dead by now for all we know. She could be anywhere and it's all my fault. I was like, "You, how are you going to come back from this? Yeah, how could she come back? How? Because what she did was not foolproof at all. She no. locked her in a little locker. And 
it, she she really was not thinking past this party. It seems like no. At this point, she's like extremely unhinged. Mm-hmm. So she's I guess really that's not that. doing well at all. No, and honestly, I was feeling for her, and I felt really sad for her when they were like, "Oh, her mom like now is like taking care of her in a facility." I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" Like, yeah, because before that, the mom had been watching all those talk shows too. Francesca yeah. Jeffries is very concerned about these talk shows. She is. She is. I just felt like. Like, I feel like Leslie could have prevented Trisha from, like, completely going off the deep end. Like, I think she could have Look, been... I don't want a victim blame. Yeah. I, oh, right. Because I forgot that she's the victim. See, this whole time I'm thinking of Trisha as the victim. That's the problem because Leslie does have it all and I would do exactly the same thing Trisha does. Yeah, exactly. I think she's completely justified. Mm-hmm. If I had to do it, I all I would do is change the story at the end. I would just make it more believable, mm-hmm. I think, a little more airtight. Mm-hmm. So that's really the only problem with Trisha. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, I was just it's so just sad. sad for for Trisha mainly when it turned out that Trisha was not actually connecting with Leslie and like mm-hmm. and had been doing Leslie all this stuff to herself. Does have this same reaction. Yeah, she's she just like, really feels sad. for Trisha. So you know, no real villains or victims, I guess. <laughs> Just Except happy for, you know, all like uh, people being pushed in lockers and, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I again, mean. again, like up until no that cake count. throwing, Trisha was not, she was hurting herself more than anyone. Yeah. And no death count, right? No one dies. No one dies. It's always so interesting to me in these books when no one dies. Yeah. I, uh, in our next book does this as well and it is a classic people who write these point horror books love love a moment when the character is almost run over oh my god dodging out of the way of a car Mm -hmm. so i guess there is that i think that's a new trope that we've just identified it's definitely yeah like having to jump away from a day as well huh it happens in april fool's day as well yeah I feel like 90% of the books we read, someone is at some point jumping out of the way of a car. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really um, addressed that before. No. So apologies. Weird, yeah, so sorry. Better late than never, I guess. <sighs> Better luck next time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's Sweet 16, you guys. Yeah, I would recommend it. I would too, actually. It was I, I, an it interesting was different. one. It was, well, It even though I'm like... What is what is this? And why is Deborah not the villain? And what the fuck is up with Steve? It was well written. I liked reading it too. Yeah, and I did like the. I liked Leslie. I liked Rick. Mm-hmm. I liked what they have. I was just rooting for them, and I'm just glad that they patched it up. <laughs> and that's my take. <laughs> and you know what's really interesting? I actually was like, when she breaks up with. Rick, I was like, oh, good, because I didn't know he could change. And then he does change. And I was like, oh, well, good. My reaction was like, you couldn't just have a talk with him. He seemed <laughs> really nice. Yeah. I'm but like, then here Steve. we go. But yeah, but it all worked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if 
you like the show, leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, mm -hmm. which maybe we'll read in like nine months after we. Yeah. It can be kind of traumatizing to read reviews. Let me tell you something. I don't like some of them. Most reviews, I do feel like people do not expect them to be read. And so mm -hmm. I sort of like want to give people the privacy to honestly review it without feeling weird. But then some of them, the bad ones, seem to be written in a way that like, I want you to fucking see this. Like, I want you to feel hurt. Yeah. Like the the one where it was like, Lindsay interrupts Kelly and I don't know how she stands it. <laughs> or like, why oh do you God. keep picking open library books then? Um, yeah. So those yeah. are, they're giving us notes. Yeah. So I guess, you know what? That's my response to your note. There you go. You yeah, know what? You but, can say whatever you want. You just got to expect a response. Yeah. I might talk about it. We uh, might review yeah. your review. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, give us a review. Rate and review us. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell people about the podcast. Anyone you think might be into it. Um, get more ears on this thing. Yeah. Um, we can share what book we're doing next week. Yes, we can. <laughs> we're doing, uh, yes, we can, a, an oral history of the Obama campaign in 2008. <laughs> Just kidding. We're doing a book called Crazy for You, spelled K-R-A-Z-Y, number, the number four, four, you. The letter, letter. U. Um, by A. Bates? I think it's A. Bates, yeah. Um, this was a book. Mm-hmm. Looking We're forward talk to about talking it. about it. I have this. thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. Many. Many. Um, so thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much to our Patreon listeners. Um, we really appreciate you. A um very special thank you to our Patreon producers. Thank you, Amanda Nengel. And Dwyer. Ashley Fritz. Claire Moore. Courtney McPhail. Danielle Lamana. Danny. Emily Pooley. Gabriela Santiago. Gianna Fernandez. Grace Armstrong. Jeremy Cronk. Jessica Smith-Harper. Jonathan Venable. Jordan Colwick. Karen Lewis. Kat Miller. Katie Lilly. Katie Olsner. Kelly Burns. Chris Dorina. Landry Desmond. Laura Hooper. Lonnie Martin. Luke Bartek. Mandalay Walschlager. Marco Pavlicic. Mariana Terzakis. Melody. Megan Lozier. Micah Yunus. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly Marks. Oscar Gallegos. Randy Klett. Rashad Black. Rogue Kalahua. Sersha Descaro. Sarah. Sarah Jagger. Sarah Nichelle. Sarah Wallen. Sasha Gibson. Shannon Pickens. Sydney Bollinger. Tristan Buckner. Victoria Beck. Victoria Valdez. And Wendy Bartos. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, guys. So we will see you next week. Follow us on all the socials at Teen Creeps Pod. Um, yeah, that is what we are. Uh, wear a mask. Keep a distance from everyone if you can afford it. Um, what else I've been saying? Black lives matter. Trans lives matter. Um, please vote for Joe Biden. He's not the best, but that's what we got. Uh, make sure you don't vote for Prop 22 if you live in California. It is evil. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Ignore all those emails from Uber and Lyft that are like, everybody loves it. God. They don't. If they don't. And if they do, it means that I, I'm sorry, but like they need benefits. And sometimes yeah. people think that they can manage their money and they don't. And like 
now they're not receiving unemployment during COVID mm-hmm. crisis. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's the election stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Keep it creepy. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.